Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Yeah, it's great to have your company. It is a Thursday. Gee, we're grinding towards the end of another working week. Uh, And we've got cricket here tonight. As we know, Pakistan taking on Zimbabwe. Three games in the ICC T20 World Cup today. Uh, One was completed earlier. It was a big win for South Africa, making five for 205. Riley Russo making a swashbuckling 109 of only 56 balls. And Quinton de Kock making 63 of 38 balls. They obliterated the Bangladesh attack. Bangladesh in reply were rolled for 101 in the 17th over. So big win there for South Africa in the early game. Now, the current game that is underway is between the Netherlands and India. And India, again, uh, I think gearing up for what promises to be a run at the title, if we can term it that way. Uh, They made two for 179, did India. Two for 179. And in reply, the Netherlands in the second over are no wicket for five. So they need a further 175 runs. In 18.3 overs to win in this uh, Super 12 match uh, being played. And as I said, the third game gets underway at 7 o'clock tonight. And it is the match uh, between Pakistan and Zimbabwe. And of course, there's a double header here on Sunday to complete the five games that are being played here at Optus Stadium. You can join us anytime on the uh, Tempera Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. Bedshed are the experts in temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases. And you can check the range of temper products in store. Visit bedshed.com.au. I thought about what I'd like to do on the program today, and I thought we needed to cover netball because last night a sporting dream was realised. At the start of the year, Danelle Wallam from Harvey here in Western Australia, and a very good evening to everybody listening in Harvey, seemed a world away from sports spotlight. She was a recent convert from basketball who could not get a start in super netball, let alone play for Australia. And as we know, last night, the Noongar woman's meteoric rise was complete when she became the third Indigenous person to join the Diamonds lineup. And, of course, uh, she came off the bench and she took the court by storm in the fourth quarter and she scored with her first shot, sealing the match with that winning goal against the England Roses. Now, I wanted to speak to a family member. I know a few people down in Harvey, a lovely little township, and uh, there is a lady down there that would have been pretty proud. And give us a bit of a background to uh, Danelle Wallam and uh, how they all would have rejoiced and celebrated what she achieved uh, last night. Leslie Eugle is her auntie, I believe, and we've got her online from Harvey. She's a school teacher in her own right. Hi, Leslie. How are you? I'm good. So you're a school teacher, are you, by trade? 
No, 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 no. I'm not a school teacher by trade. Oh. I'm uh, an elder in the community. Ah, because when I rang you earlier, you said you, said you were teaching, so I just took the presumption you might no, have we been teaching. Ah, very good. Yeah, I'm in the class. Well, what about last night? As I said, you would have been very proud as an elder to see what Danelle did. As I mentioned in the introduction, really years ago, where she was last night would have been worlds away, correct? Yes. Yes, exactly. Can you give me a bit of a character reference of the young lady and what she's done to get where she is and where she is at the moment? one of the major headlines in Australian sport? Well, she comes from a long line of very strong um, women and men. So she's showing, showing her strength, which we've known Donnell for, you know, since the day she was born. But um, that's part of who she is, her mm. strength. Tell us about the family in Harlem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about the family support that she had uh, growing up there in Harvey. Oh, my goodness. She's got great family support. Um, like I said uh, before, her mother is my one of my younger sisters. There are six of us in the family and um, heaps of grandchildren. She's one of them. Uh, family's always supported what our children do, so Donnell is one of them that we support wholeheartedly. She started playing basketball as a young girl, but then she converted to netball. Can you give us a bit of background how that came about? I think she just um, came and watched and just wanted to participate. I mean, she played with her cousins here and also for the Harvey Bulls netball team. So um, I think the passion started from there and she went onwards and upwards, on, as you'd say. Mm. It's interesting that uh, she comes from Harvey. She's a West Australian girl, a proud Indigenous person, only the third Indigenous person to play for the Australian national netball team, the Diamonds. Saying that, of course, she plays in the national competition, the uh, super netball competition for Queensland because she couldn't get an opportunity here in Perth. Does she still keep in contact with you, even though she's based primarily now in Queensland? Of course she does. I mean, you never forget your ties and those people that you made friends with along the way. You know, they always keep in contact. Mm. She um, went... She went. It's a conversation that's ongoing all the time. So, what sort of support uh, do you provide for a young lass who only days ago everybody was talking about before the game for obvious reasons regarding uh, the sponsorship? But where does the family come in, and what sort of support do you provide from afar? Well, we're always behind, and um, if she needs comfort, we give her comfort. If she needs a, a, a ear to be listened to, or were there for her to do that as well. She seems to handle pressure very well because, as I said, uh, the focus was on her regarding that sponsorship that in the end was withdrawn, that $15 million. And, of course, she stood her ground and, and made her point and she wanted to be heard. Uh, you must have been proud of her stance. Well, that I cannot go into detail about because she's asked us not to and we abide by our wishes. Uh, we weren't there when it was said and done, so we don't want to comment on that. I understand. I understand. I that, yeah. No, it's just a question um, I needed to ask, but uh, that's great. That's great. As I said, it's just a question that I needed to ask, and you've uh, given us uh, the perfect response. I appreciate that. No worries. 
So when do you think you'll see her again? When's she likely to return home? Well, I think after all the netball finishes, she'll come home and visit family, friends, community. And she'll just, assimil- uh, she'll just assimilate quite easily. She'll just come back to Harvey and, and be the same old Danelle that grew up there through her childhood? Exactly. She doesn't change. She's got no airs about her at all. She's just our Donnell. And what does Auntie Leslie do for her? Well, like I said, I'm a shoulder for her to cry on, lean on, support. Um, like I said, her mother is one of my younger sisters. So we all come together. We all support each other. We sit down, have a yarn, a laugh. Um, she's got heaps of cousins all throughout the southwest, aunties, uncles, grandparents, you know, and nieces and nephews. And, you know, that's a big support um, party there. I was just going to say, uh, and all of a sudden, she's in some ways, not that we don't know Harvey, and we're very proud of Harvey here in Western Australia because it's been a, a great breeding ground for some great sports people and it's been the mecca of some very good commercial industry as well with, of course, Harvey Fresh down there and Harvey Beef. And uh, it's a great little community. A lot of Italian people live down there as well. I gather the community as a whole must be pretty proud. Of course they are. Like I was saying today, what, what, what you think about it, well, Harvey has a heart and soul, and she's part of that heart and soul. So, you know, it, it's wonderful to be walking downtown and people say hello to you. That's, that's, that's Harvey. That's the community. Mm, it's mm. the feel. It's, it's something incredible. We are sitting in a unique place right at the moment with um, one of our other young people going and playing in the international level, like you said before. We've had great people coming out of this little town mm. and throughout the South. So we are very proud of all who've gone out there and done their thing. As an elder in the community, Leslie, can you tell us about your teachings down there in Harvey and the people that you speak to and what you try to educate them towards? No doubt it's, uh, your culture is very, very important. But what is your role? I'd be very interested to ask you that. Very important. Um, we have like, teachers in our schools. Um, you know, I've got a niece up at the high school. A daughter over at the primary school at the daycare. Um, we have young people. The well, our leadership team went down and presented at Albany for our TAFE and our community, our Harvey Shire. Um, we're always in communication with the people in the community regarding uh, language, uh, classes, yarning circles, and a lot of community come along to that. Mm. Uh, you know, we we are always wanting to share our culture and sit and have a yarn because we're up for that. And when, especially when we go out and talk to people, it's lovely to see, um, you know, a sea of um, white faces there and understanding every single word, especially when we're doing Welcome to Countries and stuff like that. Mm. And um, it, it's such a warm feeling that we're walking together on this country and Harvey, as my hometown, born and bred, it's a, um, it's a proud thing that we can walk together on this country. And especially in this little town of Harvey, we have the collaboration with, like I said before, our Shire president. And, uh, geez, it's such a wonderful thing to be able to walk hand in hand and show it. Finally, Leslie. As we said, it's a small town, about 3,500 people, but it's produced so much excellence over many years. And, of course, you're contributing to that. 
I know Danelle was a bit emotional uh, after the game last night. We're about to feature the interview that she did uh, on TV after the match. Uh, did you shed a tear or any other family members sort of shed a tear or see when she got a bit emotional oh. after the match? Did I shed a tear? I had to grab a towel. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That thing just rolled out all those emotions and how brilliant she played and how excited we were for her. Our happy, and you know the diamonds and and the roses. What a great game to watch! I love my netball, and you know it don't, didn't matter to me who was playing. Mm. It was just a great passage of play, and I'm glad that she was involved in it. And I'm glad you at least spent a few moments with us on the program this morning uh, or this afternoon, Leslie. Of course, the Eugle surname is synonymous with sport uh, in this state. Uh, it's a very proud name, and no doubt uh, she did the family very proud last night. Leslie, thanks for your time. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Good on you. Leslie Eugle there, the auntie, and she gave us a good indication of the amazing support that uh, Donnell got from the community in Harvey last night. Donnell Wallum, of course, uh, was uh, one of the real reasons why the Diamonds beat the Roses last night. And this is what the young girl from Harvey said after the match. Now it's back to Australia. Weston, she finds proud Wallum to win it for Australia. Could you have written that if you tried? Donnell Wallum on the Cheered on by a sold-out crowd. In the eyes of some, she's cost Australian netball millions. In the eyes of others, she's just won them a test. I was kind of relieved to finally get my chance on court. Um, yeah, it's been one of the toughest few weeks of my life, so um, to finally get out there and just play in this dress was just really special and, um, yeah, it kind of makes the last couple of weeks feel like a bit of a blur. What's been most difficult about it, Danelle? I think just the outside noise. Um, yeah, it's really special and I just hope that I'm now, you know, a role model to the young girls and boys coming through for their turn. And, yeah, it was just really special and, you know, it's been a long time coming. So I just, you know, hope I make everyone proud out there. There you go, uh, Danelle Wallum uh, on Fox after the match last night. A victory for the Diamonds. Over the roses, and thanks to Leslie Eugle, uh, who joined us uh, from down there in Harvey. And those people listening on SEN Spirit 621 in Harvey, I hope you enjoyed that as well. Get on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736, or you can join us on the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Uh, just looking at the cricket, Netherlands are one for 13 in the uh, fourth over. Uh, they've got a big mountain to climb. India made two for 179 off their 20 overs. UA owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Two for 20. The Netherlands have just uh, lost another wicket. Uh, it's in the fifth over. Things will be pretty tough. If, uh, I don't think they'll get very close to the 180 required to win off 20 overs in game two of three games being played in the ICC T20 World Cup today. The final one will be staged here at Optus Stadium. They're getting ready. It's Pakistan taking on Zimbabwe. Just going back to some other sport, and, of course, we're in the midst of the spring racing carnival uh, and the connections of Caulfield Cup winner Durston have been left devastated after the horse was ruled out of the Melbourne Cup today, leaving champion jockey Damien Oliver 
without a ride. Woken up to some bad news this morning that my horse that I was going to ride in the Cup, Durston, has unfortunately not passed the vet test for the Melbourne Cup. So no. looking pretty highly unlikely that it won't be uh, going around in this year's Cup. You know, it's, while it is disappointing, it's racing. They're finally, finally tuned animals that, you know, this can, thing can happen any time. And it's probably better that it happens now than in the race for, for everyone involved. Yeah, so uh, duty of care regarding Durston and Damien Oliver certainly right across that. Uh, the scan revealed that the $13 equal third favourite for the Cup had a grey area in his left hind leg. And despite officials being unsure whether the scan results were anything to worry about, it was ruled that the safest course of action would be to scratch, uh, scratch Durston from the race. Just some uh, f- cricket news today. Will Pekofsky has again taken a leave of absence from the game with no return date set. Now, the talented test-capped opener is taking time away from the game, and he has done this, as we know, in the past, most notably in 2019 when he was selected in the Australian squad to play Sri Lanka before being released to take time to work on his mental health. So we wish him all the best, uh, Will Pekofsky. And Matthew Wade has become the second Australian T20 World Cup squad member to contract COVID-19. Now, the curveball news comes just a day out from, of course, Australia's big match against the old enemy England at the MCG tomorrow night. Now, Wade returned the positive test last night. It's understood the keeper batter is experiencing only minor symptoms and given ICC rules permitting players to play while COVID positive, he's still expected to take place in his side pending his condition. Tim Payne, the former Australian uh, test captain, uh, spoke this morning on the Channel 7 breakfast show, Sunrise, no doubt uh, to promote the book he's about to release. Here's a couple of snippets of what he had to say. Firstly, on his resignation. Oh, look, ideally, I mean, I wouldn't have resigned, but, um, again, my, my thing now isn't so much around the resignation of... Um, of the captaincy, it's more around how it was dealt with and how it was handled. We had um, obviously known about this for, for three or four years at the time and had plans in place with Cricket Australia on how this would be handled um, if and when it does come out. Um, and unfortunately, that was sort of flipped on its head uh, at the last minute, sort of 12 months ago, when it, it was going to become public, which was disappointing. But um, as I said, I, I realise I've done the wrong thing um, and, and now it's about sort of moving on and, and getting on with my life. So that's Tim Payne talking about his resignation. He went on to say in that same chat this morning on if he felt he was let down. Were you let down by Cricket Australia? Do you feel as though you were abandoned by them, that, that they didn't have your interests at heart? Uh, yeah, well, I think in the end that definitely was the case. I think at the start, as I said, we were sort of working really closely with Cricket Australia on on how we would handle this, um, when and if it does come out. Um, as I said, there was a, a really thorough um, integrity investigation which cleared me, and I've said all along around this that I absolutely did the wrong thing um, by my wife and my family. Um, but it was a consensual thing between two adults. So the way that was handled at the end, it doesn't sit brilliantly with me. Um, but at the same time, I, I take full responsibility for, for what I've done um, and realise I've put myself in this situation. And there you go. A bit of an update on cricket and also a bit of racing news. All thanks to Tyre Power. Buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres 
at Tyre Power. And not forgetting the Perth Wildcats, of course, in action tomorrow night. And you can get behind the Perth Wildcats this season. All you need to do is head to ticketech.com.au uh, to see the Wildcats in all their glory. Coming up a bit later on, in around that 15 minutes' time, I'll speak to the CEO of Football West in Jamie Harnwell. Plenty happening in the world game when you consider that the Men's World Cup in Qatar is uh, less than a month away, gets underway on November the 20th uh, there in Doha. And certainly the Socceroos have made world headlines. We'll speak about that in, in a moment. Sam Kerr scored four goals in the European Champions League for a club side Chelsea last night. We'll touch on that as well. And, of course, Craig Foster, who I've had a, as a guest on this program, also has made comments regarding the Socceroos message that was, of course, filtered right around the world. Uh, he gives us his thoughts on that message as well and whether it will impact on the Socceroos going forward as they prepare for uh, what is going to be a significant event, uh, the biggest event, of course, in soccer every four years. And, of course, on the back of that, we've got the FIFA Women's World Cup, which is the third biggest tournament in the world uh, behind the Soccer World Cup and the Olympic Games. It is quite significant. We're going to take a break. We'll touch on soccer after the break, and also Jamie Harmel's going to join us. 25 past five. Tilma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Again, just updating uh, thanks to Tyre Power. Buy three and get one free on selected Kuma passenger car and SUV tyres at Tyre Power. Let's update the World T20 World Cup. A uh, few people starting to filter through the precinct here at Optus Stadium. Uh, the match, uh, the third game of three today will be staged here. It is between Pakistan and Zimbabwe. So I'm seeing a bit of green out there, no doubt supporting uh, the Pakistan team, and also a few uh, Zimbabwe supporters as well. We won't get a huge crowd, but I reckon there'll be uh, a few of the faithful here. We know that Sunday's a sellout. Uh, we're looking forward to that. And South Africa will take on India in the second game, which is a pivotal match, particularly uh, today. South Africa really battered themselves into form and also bowled themselves into form. They took on Bangladesh, and they made five for 205 in that match of 20 overs. Uh, Riley Russo, 109 of 56 balls. And Quinton de Kock, 63 of 38 balls. And then, after making five for 205, they just smashed Bangladesh. Bangladesh uh, routed for 101 in only 16.3 overs. So it really was a uh, absolute uh, obliteration by South Africa, who have primed themselves up for a big effort against India here at Optus Stadium on Sunday, that game gets underway at 7 o'clock. And, of course, Pakistan play prior uh, to that game as well. So uh, it's going to be a sellout with Pakistan, India and South Africa all taking part. And uh, all those three nations have got fair support here in Western Australia. Looking forward to what will be an electric atmosphere. The other match that's being played at the moment is between India and the Netherlands. India, by the way, made two for 179. Two for 179 off their 20 overs, uh, a pretty sizable total for the Netherlands to reach. Even though the Netherlands are now two for 40 in the eighth over, as I mentioned, their target to win is 180. 
All right, let's go back to uh, football now. As I said, Jamie Harmel is going to join us uh, in a little while, the CEO of Football West, because we've got two big World Cups uh, on our doorstep. One not far away, of course, in Qatar, and the other one here in Australia. In the Champions League overnight, just uh, rifling through the results, Liverpool had a good 3-0 win in uh, Holland against Ajax. And so Liverpool are now through to the next stage of the Champions League. A big match between Barcelona and Bayern Munich in Spain. It was Bayern Munich, again, comprehensive 3-0 winners over Barcelona. Ever since they've lost Lionel Messi, Barcelona just same, don't seem to be the same outfit. And a win to Napoli over Scottish team Rangers by three goals to nil in Italy. Rangers, by the way, will finish like Celtic at the foot of their group and won't progress. Uh, they have crashed out of Europe Rangers have just scored one goal and conceded 19 so far in their five games. And Tottenham Hotspur were held to a one-all draw by Sporting of Portugal at White Hart Lane. Well, the Socceroos certainly made the news today. They are getting ready for their World Cup campaign. And together, collectively last night, they released this message. Through football, those of us have had the honour to represent our country, have had the opportunity to learn about the world, and its people. In the quest to qualify for the pinnacle of the world's greatest game, the Socceroos have played on almost every continent. Throughout the Socceroos journey from Cambodia in 1970, Hong Kong in 74, Scotland in 85, to Doha in 2022, we've seen the power of football and the impact it has on people. I was there in 2005 and I saw what the game and what the World Cup means to Australians. I saw how the Socceroos can provide us with a sense of what we can achieve and who we can be beyond our own shores. I was there in 2022 in Doha. Scoring that penalty was a proud moment, but I know it was all in service of a bigger cause, helping Australian football succeed on the biggest stage. There are universal values that should define football. Values such as respect, dignity, trust, and courage. When we represent our nation, we aspire to embody these values. As PFA members, we understand the power of collective bargaining and the fundamental rights of all workers to form and join a union. Before players had won these rights, their careers in Australia were characterised by the absence of respect and dignity. It is for these reasons we must speak about the situation in Qatar. So Socceroos all taking part as a collective there, and Australia become one of the first World Cup-bound nations to speak out against Qatar's same-sex relationship laws and the treatment of migrant workers ahead of next month's World Cup. That was a video. It was produced through the Professional Footballers Australia Association and Socceroos players called for Qatar to legalise same-sex marriage and improve the rights for migrants in the Persian Gulf nation. Now, Craig Foster, known as Fozzy, uh, is a retired Australian soccer player. I've featured him on this program over time. He's also a human rights activist and a sports analyst. This is what he had to say. There are universal values that should define football. Values such as respect, dignity, trust, and courage. When we represent our... Now, we're looking at Craig Foster. Let's just play Craig Foster, what he had to say. Okay, we'll play it again. Sorry. There are universal values that should define football. Values such as respect, dignity, trust, and courage. When we represent our nation, we aspire to embody these values. As PFA members, we understand the power of collective bargaining and the fundamental rights of all workers to form and join a union. 
Before players had won these rights, their careers in Australia were characterised by the absence of respect and dignity. It is for these reasons we must speak about the situation in Qatar. Yeah, apologies. Of course, that's just a repeat of the uh, previous soccerist measure uh, message, just a, a shorter version. Uh, Sam Kerr last night was on fire. She scored four goals in what was an epic performance in the Women's Champions League. She's returned to form with a bang, breaking her scoring drought in style. As I mentioned, four goals as Chelsea beat uh, Villazinha 8-0 in the Women's Champions League. Prior to kick off against the Albanian champions, Kerr had found the net only once in 10 outings for club and country. A huge dry spell by her own lofty standards, but she came back with a bang last night. The shoulder from Wrighton. Harder might turn. Curry's there, and Chelsea take the leads. Quick passing to Sam Kerr, who doesn't miss from there. Ball finds its way to Wrighton. Curry's there, and she gets her second, and Chelsea's second. Just inches out, Sam Kerr. This time for the team with a 3-0 lead. Comes in, heads are there, and it goes in. And from a corner, Chelsea have extended their leads. Harder now skipping forward. Wrighton's there. Wrighton pulls it back. ball back from Wrighton. Kerr there to just sweep it in. Sam, so much pressure from the off tonight. How was it out there? Yeah, I think, like you said, we played really well from the first minute. I think everyone had a really good game um, and we moved the ball well, but um, it's nice to be back at home and scoring and winning games. Was it three goals for you tonight? Just the three? Just the three? And a backflip. <laughs> Yeah, that's my first Champions League hat-trick for Chelsea, so I'm really proud of that um, and really exciting. And, and Millie said at half-time, if you score a Hattie, can you bring out the backflip? So, bit of fun. Can't say no to Millie. Yeah. And uh, a bit of break from the Champions League now, but back to WSL. How are you feeling about the weekend ahead? Yeah, we've had a bit of a rough run, so um, we're really excited, obviously. Back at home, it's always nice to play at Kings Meadow in front of our fran fans. Um, so we're feeling good and we're in a good place at the moment as a team. Yes, and of course, uh, she's going to be a key for the Matildas in their campaign. It's a bit unfortunate that we won't see the Matildas here in Perth in the FIFA Women's World Cup. Uh, by the way, we will be seeing some very, very significant nations. One of those is the Canadians, who are the Olympic champions, and they'll be playing here uh, at HBF Park. And very shortly, just on the other side of the break, uh, we'll be speaking to Jamie Harnwell. Now, Jamie Harnwell, of course, a very recognisable name in local football, started as a junior at the Sorrento Soccer Club. Of course, then graduated to be a player in uh, the Perth Glory and became the game's uh, record holder for the Perth Glory, wore the captain's armband as well. And then for a period of time, Coach Sam Kerr, when he was in charge of the Perth Glory women's team. Uh, he left the Perth Glory and then got into football administration in uh, this state. And that's led him all the way to the top now to be the CEO of Football West. So after the break, we'll speak to Jamie Harnwell. He was there at the launch of the FIFA Women's World Cup. 
Uh, it was at HBF Park just the other day. The Minister for Tourism uh, was there, Roger Cook, uh, and many other dignitaries. So we're going to have a chat to Jamie Harmall about the arrangements and what HBF Park is looking like in particular, and will it be in readiness for the first of the matches early next year? As we know, March is when it gets underway, and uh, the Perth Glory have been kicked off like the Western Force of HBF Park to make sure this stadium is pristine for uh, the global audience that will be viewing this FIFA World Cup. The other nations, of course, that will be here in Perth, the likes of Nigeria, China, who have got well over 1 billion people, have also got a nation that expected to do well in the tournament. So Jamie Harnwell joins us next here on Drive. Silma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. A Thursday night and this drive with Peter Flowers here on SENWA. Wherever you may be listening across this great state of ours, of course on SEN 657, SEN Spirit 621 through Bunbury in the southwest. A big hello to everyone in the gold fields on SEN 1611 on DAB Radio at SEN Peel or wherever you may be around Australia, around the world on the SENWA app. Speaking of world, the big events are going to be rolling through. We've got the uh, World Cup in Qatar happening November 20. Of course, the men's uh, FIFA World Cup. Looking forward to that. The Socceroos gearing up for what promises will be a good campaign for them. That's how they get out of the group stage and into the round of 16. And the other one, of course, happens early next year. And Perth is front and centre when it comes to the FIFA Women's World Cup. The Matildas will be all the rage and it'll be a significant event. For those people that don't understand the magnitude of this event, it will be big. And joining us is the CEO of Football West in Jamie Harmel. Jamie, thanks for your time. Uh, my pleasure. This will be big. For those people that don't follow the round ball game, how significant will this tournament be? It's, it's huge. Uh, this is the third biggest sporting event in the world. The, the biggest female sporting event, the Women's World Cup. Uh, billions of people will have their eyeballs on Australia and New Zealand. And for uh, five magical nights in uh, particular, uh, they'll be watching here in Perth as uh, some of the, the best nations in the world uh, take each other on in the FIFA Women's World Cup. And, of course, we saw Sam Kerr, who will lead the Matildas. Uh, she was on show for Chelsea last night, an 8-0 win in the Champions League. Of course, uh, she is carrying the weight of expectation for the Matildas, isn't she? Well, yes, yeah, she is. I think the whole squad is... Um, they've sort of they've been there or thereabouts. Uh, you know, probably a disappointing Asian Cup in the end, uh, semi-finals, the Olympics uh, as well. Uh, they just haven't managed to break through since that initial Asian Cup some years ago where they were the first Australian team to win a, uh, an event of that size. Uh, Sam's obviously a hugely important piece of that puzzle uh, and very important to us as a, as a WA girl. But, the, you know, the likes of Caitlin Ford, Alana Kennedy, all these uh, players playing at the top level in uh, English football at the moment have all certainly got a part, a, a part, a part to play across this. Now, Jamie, you've been involved in local football for a long time. And a few years ago, you were the head coach of the Perth Glory women's team. Did you ever forecast that Sam would get to the level she has got on a world stage? Of course, nominated for the Ballon d'Or. She's finished uh, third the last couple of times. Many feel she's been hard done by. Did you expect anything like this? 
I was lucky enough to coach Sam for uh, probably four or five months, I think it was. Only a short period. There was always so much potential. She was uh, an absolute diamond in the uh, in the W League that then was the uh, uh, A League Women's Competition. You know, so going up against Stephen Matilda's international players and scoring goal after goal. Um, you know, her move overseas has just taken her to the next level. The the professionalism, the the competition that she has to play against now week in, week out has, uh, has certainly propelled her. Her composure, her finishing um, is fantastic. Absolutely had the hard done by for the balloon door um, again. Um, you know, we can only hope that she will one day uh, hopefully bring home that, uh, that fantastic trophy, but she is an absolute dynamite of a player and, and full credit to her for, for how she matured as a player, um, how she's battled back through some serious injuries earlier in her career as well and having a, an absolute ball from the look of it and looking at the photo on one of the websites, the old backflip coming out yeah. again last night. Yeah, it was. Uh, you were there at HBF Park, which is being redeveloped for the FIFA Women's World Cup. Of course, the Minister for Tourism, Roger Cook, was there to basically launch it. Uh, what was it like? Did you get a glimpse on how HBF Park is being redeveloped? Yeah, it's really starting to take shape now. Uh, you know, a fantastic stadium. One of uh, was lucky enough to to walk onto a couple of times. One uh, where it used to have old, the old temporary stands along the side, and and now is the, the, the almost finished article that it is today. Um, the you know the centrepiece of the main the centre tunnel being built underneath the grandstand and coming out as as part of the requirements of the World Cup is is going to be fantastic and really. Uh, puts that professional air on a ground that, you know, you're so close to the action that has uh, such a great history um, for the round ball game as well. So I can't wait to see see it finished um, come next year and the Women's World Cup, but also will be a fantastic uh, venue for years to come for Perth Glory as well. What do you think of the Matildas draw in the group they're in? It's a challenging one. Um, I think that's the, that's the easiest way of saying it. Canada are, are a big side, um, Olympic champions, some fantastic players, world-class players that they have in their size. Nigeria, certainly no easy beats. And, well, we know what a, an Irish team will always do in, uh, in football, either men's or women's. They'll, they'll battle and um, they, they're always going to have a go at that. So it's not easy for Australia. They really want to be coming through uh, on top of the group to set themselves up for a great run through to the final. I know... That will be their aim, but uh, yeah, geez, Canada's a, a, probably the hardest group, uh, the hardest team out of that pot B that they could have drawn. And saying that, uh, we won't have the privilege of seeing the Matildas in action here in Perth, but we will be able to see Canada, and that'll be worth going along to see because, as you mentioned, one of the big significant nations in women's football. Yeah, that, that's going to be a great game, Canada versus the Republic of Ireland here in Perth. We know we've got a, a very big Irish following here in Perth as well, so we're expecting a, a great crowd for that. And the, the opening match as well, Denmark versus uh, China. Uh, again, really two really strong teams. China probably underperformed uh, at the national level, at the international level, sorry, for both men's and women's football. Um, they'll be hoping to do that. And, and Denmark, just the quiet achiever of European football, a smaller population, but just keep turning out world-class players and, and very competitive teams. So 
that's a, a fantastic way that uh, the tournament's going to be opening here in Perth. Uh, and what a great opportunity. As I said, we've got the Men's World Cup in November of this year, literally under a month away now. And then we've got the FIFA Women's World Cup. You are the CEO of Football West. You've got a great pedigree in the game, as we know, coming through Sorrento in the local league, uh, captaining the glory with distinction and now in an administrative role. How much has the game grown here, Jamie, now that you oversee the whole code here in Western Australia? Uh, it's, it's such an incredible growth. I, I think back to when I was... When I was young and you know even playing at high school, and there's one one team for the whole of the high school. It's a Crean High, very uh, uh, surf school, uh, Aussie rules, and there was one team from year eight to, to year twelve. And to see the change from schools all the way through to club, um, you know, over forty thousand registered players in the game, around two hundred thirty thousand participants across the state, uh, is just just fantastic. Um, the game continues to grow. Uh, female football is the fastest growing segment of our game and with the Women's World Cup right here in our backyard next year, we can you know, only expect that to boom again and uh, you know, some exciting things and moving into the, the State Football Centre, which is currently being built out in Queen's Park uh, to finally give Football West and Football in Western Australia a home, a home base and somewhere to, uh, to build from as Beyond, uh, I suppose, beyond what I could have dreamt of as a, as a 10, 11-year-old playing up at Sorrento uh, at Perthador Reserve. Saying that, and that was going to be my final question regarding the big... Uh, and football, as we know it, soccer in this part of the world, has been crying out for a base. You mentioned it's out at Queen's Park. Uh, it's being developed at the moment. Where is it at? What's the timeline, Jamie, going forward? Yeah, so project completion is uh, early April. There's obviously a very strict one. It's uh, a venue training site for the Women's World Cup, so there's not uh, not too much room to, to manoeuvre in terms of that, but the, the state government has been extremely supportive in, in supporting the build uh, and making sure it stays on time. The form works up, the concrete's up, the, the pitches are starting to be sewn. It is really starting to get exciting and starting to hit home that... Uh, in the, only a few months' time that uh, we'll have a permanent office space. We'll be able to look out from the depths and see uh, a green pitch. Um, there'll be a high-performance centres, a strength and conditioning recovery bath. So the central cater from the elite uh, Manchester United and international teams who come to Perth to play in those big games at Optus right down to some of our community programs and, and working across the different uh, multicultural and Indigenous uh, communities across Queen's Park and the, the greater southeast uh, metro area. Good stuff, Jamie. Thanks for joining us. Exciting times, it really is. I can hear it in your voice as the head of uh, Football West and uh, the great round ball game here in Western Australia. Thanks for your time, mate, and we'll keep in touch. My pleasure. Thanks, Peter. Jamie Harmel, a big name in local football when you look at uh, what he achieved. As I mentioned, uh, playing for Sereno as a young kid and, of course, then graduating to the Perth glory, a very good central defender, wore the captain's armband and had many a good season at the Perth glory. And now, of course, he's filtered in to be the CEO of Football West. And the FIFA Women's World Cup officially unveiled earlier this week at HBF Park. And it was great to have Jamie on just to give us an insight on how things are developing. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'll be back again with Ashley Nelson, actually, on the Ladbrokes Lounge on Saturday morning between 9 and 11. Enjoy your Friday tomorrow. Catch you Saturday morning. Thanks to Jimmy and Lee for their production help. This has been Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre.